that's why I think this is such a great initiative is because it's open sourced. Every brand can use it as a ground floor level and then build upon it as they build their sustainability strategy. So it's basically like a resource for zero excuses to not be transparent and ethical. Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. I hope you're doing well. Today I have a little update for you about the podcast schedule. So there is a lot going on in the Nature Spirit office and as most of you know, I am a one-woman show. I do all of this myself, including, you know, the consulting and, you know, secret project development and all that fun stuff. So I'm going to be reducing frequency from weekly to bi-weekly so I can spend more time on developing a secret project for you guys so yeah so i just wanted to quickly mention that little schedule change if you still want to receive weekly newsletters with transparency and fashion innovations how you can take action and just informative content you can definitely still subscribe i will be doing weekly newsletters so that's still gonna stay but the episode um, frequency will be reduced to bi-weekly and we will have a lot more interviews. I cannot wait for you guys to meet all of the change makers that I will be interviewing soon so make sure to stick around um, to the end of this episode for a little spoiler on who's going to be the next guest on the podcast in a few weeks. So now that that's out of the way let's jump in. Today, we're going to be talking about transparency practices and initiatives that could change how fashion works. And I really just wanted today to be an episode where I talk about positive initiatives that have been happening in fashion that can promote accountability and transparency. So I'm really excited to get dig into that today. So the first one that I want to mention is one that I briefly mentioned in my newsletter a couple weeks back, and it's the Nice Solo Sustainability Fact Sheet. I was geeking out on this sustainable fact sheet for a little bit, if I do admit I was on the website for like maybe an hour and a half, just like digging into all of the points that they have there. Um, But for those of you who are not subscribed to the newsletter, this sustainability facts label is a label that Nisolo has created, which is an ethical footwear brand. And this label looks just like the nutritional labels for food. And their goal behind this was to provide fashion with the level of basic transparency that the food and beverage industry does and has been doing for the past 30 years now. So it looks just like a nutritional facts label that you would see on the side of any food product that you would buy at the grocery store. But instead of saying calories, total fat, sodium, carbohydrates, all that kind of stuff, the sustainability facts label um, that they created basically gives products a grading score based on social and environmental environmental impact data points that looks at both for people and planet. And depending on where you rank in each sector, you get an overall grade for that particular product. So it's very lengthy, very detailed. So to give you more of of an idea of how this thing works, basically it measures impact across 92 social impact data points that comprise of the people rating. And the people rating data points look at wage and payment, health and safety, governance and workers' rights, gender and equality, empowerment and healthcare benefits, and it is quite extensive. If you look at the website, I'll leave the link in the show notes, 
um, when you look at the website, there is quite a bit of score points, data points, I don't know how to call it, for each section of the people sector. For example, for the wage and payment sector, there are uh, 15-ish points that are scored and then it just goes up from there. So it's quite extensive, definitely recommend checking it out. And this sustainable fact sheet not only measures the social impact, but it also measures the environmental impact. And for the environmental impact, there are 108 points. And in that, there are sectors such as carbon footprint, raw material integrity and durability, processing and manufacturing, packaging and distribution, and post-use product life cycle. There is so much in there. And the best thing about this is that it's open source meaning that any brand can use it. They put it on there with a very detailed method methodology of how they've created it. They looked at data points from B Corp to the Leather Working Group to Carbon Neutral to Fair Trade USA, HIG Index, and so many more. And that's what they use to curate this sustainable fact sheet. And their mission for this sustainable fact sheet is to create breadth, depth, and digestibility. So it's very comprehensive, but it's also made in a very easily digestible design. And they created this label to become the bare minimum floor for future labels to be built upon. That's why I think this is such a great initiative is because it's open sourced. Every brand can use it as a ground floor level and then build upon it as they build their sustainability strategy. So it's basically like a resource for zero excuses to not be transparent and ethical. So I think that's really awesome. The second um, practice or initiative that I wanted to highlight is Eon's digital ID. So Eon has created a circular ID, which will basically help with the traceability of a garment from the yarns all the way to the resale of your garment. And this can all be done through your phone. So basically what the circular ID does is it gives the consumer access through a QR code or a scannable um, ID on like a button or, you know, a tag, whatever it is. And from there, you can see every level that the garment has been through in its supply chain. It's a really interesting technology that continues to be, you know, refined and um, perfected. Um, but basically what this is supposed to do, it's supposed to help with the traceability from a garment from when it's a yarn all the way to when it becomes a full-on garment and then even what happens when you want to resell it. So there's so much information about this uh, circular ID. I will leave Eon's website in the show notes for you to check out um, because that's a really cool initiative as well. The only challenge I see with this one is getting it to market, um, mostly because, you know, having digital IDs is something that is very, I know that's like, that's really where we are now. We are digital in everything that we do, but the fashion supply chain isn't. They very much operate on a very ancient system, to say the least. Um, so there would be a lot of challenges to get this to mainstream, um, but they have partnered with some major players in the fashion industry to get it out there and to have suppliers um, who work with those brands to implement it. So I think this is really cool. Again, I will leave the link to it in the show notes for you to check out. The third practice that I wanted to mention is Nudie Jeans Production Guide. Their production guide is so extensive, you guys. Like, it is 
very extensive and it's so easy to use. Um, it's basically like a map. If you click on the link that I have in the show notes, it'll show a map of like where all of their garments are made and you can see the percentage of which countries make which items and then they also list out their suppliers so let's say it's made in turkey you can click on turkey and then it also lists out which suppliers and which manufacturers it was made in um, or spun in um, because they do have uh, information on where the garments were sewn manufacturers where the yarns were spun literally everything that goes through production you can find it in the guide and basically once you find where their garments are made or manufactured or spun you can then click on the actual supplier name and find the audits that they've done so these are either in-person audits that they've done or they also have certifications that they'll include sometimes um, if the factory is certified. They'll also sometimes include images of the factory so you can literally see where the garment was made, which I think is incredible. Aside from their production guide, they also have human rights policies and anti-slavery policies and a lot of different policies that protect human rights and the environment. And the reason why um, I'm mentioning all of these great initiatives and practices is they're basically proof to everyone and anyone who is in fashion that transparency and traceability is possible. You know, here are the facts. <laughs> you know, we're seeing it happening in various different ways and Maybe the, the brands that I'm mentioning right now, if you go onto their website, yes, their products are probably quite expensive because there is a lot of work that goes into this, a lot of work that goes into it. But if this becomes more mainstream, and this is just how the fashion industry operates with transparency and authenticity and traceability, the pricing of a garment, a sustainable garment or an ethical garment, transparent garment would even itself out and it would be easier to be um, ethical and transparent. But yeah, so that's why I really wanted to mention these um, and to bring to light that like, hey, there are some really great practices and initiatives out there that are transparent, that are traceable, and it is possible. Because I know a lot of the times here on the podcast, I talk about the changes that we need to see, but I haven't really you know, made an episode specifically to highlight the practices and initiatives and innovations that are um, possible and that are happening right now as we speak. You know, the fact that the sustainable um, fact sheet is open source, like you can take all of that data, you can take the methodology and put it into your practices for free. You know, all you need is a consultant or a sustainability specialist to help you implement it. So, there's really no excuse. Like, we can be going into this way. So anyways, I get really excited about that, especially when I talk about all the positive that has been going on in the industry. I just really wanted to share it with y'all. And the last initiative that I wanted to mention isn't necessarily a brand practice or innovation, but it's a campaign to help identify greenwashing. And basically what you can do is you can go to their website, type in the brand that you wanna check out, and then they'll give you a product description of that brand and list out how they're greenwashing you and how you can avoid it. It's a really great resource for literally anyone who wears clothes and just wants to know like, 
what the hell am I looking at? You know, like sometimes we go onto a website and we're like, is this sustainable? Is it not? I have no idea. This is so vague, so confusing. So when you're having one of those moments, you can just head on to greenwash.com and then um, type in the brand that you want to check out and they will show you how they're greenwashing you. All right, so that's all I have for you guys today. I really just wanted to take a moment to highlight these four transparency practices, innovations, initiatives, and just to show that, you know, like this sustainable fashion movement of activists and individuals who are craving change and demanding change is working. There are brands out here that are really making a difference and changing the way that you know, fashion could potentially work or operate in the future. I hope you found this episode useful. If you did, please don't forget to share the podcast with your network and don't forget to tag us at Naturespired either on LinkedIn or Instagram. It would mean a lot to see that you enjoy our podcast and that you're sharing it with your peeps. <laughs> and make sure to join me for my next episode, which will be an interview with a circular underwear brand. I'm so excited about that conversation. We're going to be talking about transparency, circularity, and just a lot of fun details. So make sure to subscribe to the newsletter to come back for that. And until then, I will catch you on Instagram. Bye.